0: Yeah, so if, if anybody on this call now comes to Austin, Texas, you now know the gate code to get into my apartment complex. Hey, podcast listener. You're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the Email Marketing Podcast or the Autoresponder Guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast.
1: Hey everybody, we're back with another edition of the podcast. I'm David Allen. We've got a very interesting guest who you've kind of heard from before. His name is Ian Stanley. He's uh, kind of become a little bit famous for doing some email copywriting. He has his own company now. We're sort of going to get the lowdown on all of that here in the next little while. So Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. It's good to have you on here, man. I don't know a ton about you. I, I know uh, little bits and pieces like we talked about off the
0: air. So maybe the first thing we like nobody, to do Nobody knows, nobody nobody knows, knows the whole story. <laughs> it's all shrouded in mystery and he's, personalities and characters to keep people guessing. He's like, he's Batman. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not Batman. <laughs> I will say that you'll never see Batman and, and I in the, the same, same room. <laughs>
1: So maybe take us back to your uh, to your Bruce Wayne days before you became Batman.
0: Well, you know. so, and, and maybe this is going to let the cat out of the bag here, or the bat out of the well. Out of the cave. Out of the but, cave. Uh, I mean, I genuinely thought I was going to be Batman. Um, <laughs> and I, I know that sounds like a joke. It's probably the most serious thing I could say. I, I mean, I had all of my plans. I had, like, intricate setups for how I would do it. I had researched all the ways to actually make it happen Uh, and i was really convinced i would become batman so that was your plan to become like mega wealthy and then like fight crime yeah well it wasn't about it was about skill acquisition and Hmm. wealth at the same time so what would make me the most useful version of batman so there were different avenues that i thought about going and uh i found it had a had a sort of Batman on a budget as well yeah. to start.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I think the, yeah, I could see why the email. Cause I wasn't going to have the it.
0: billions or, you know, or, <laughs> or Bruce Wayne that early, but I figured I could develop it once I was Batman. I mean, sure. You know, I could figure it out, but uh, yeah, that was, I mean, I, and I actually had a moment. So in, in like one of the, I'm more of a Christian Bale Batman fan than like a comic book, Gotcha. Batman fan I, I enjoy the realism Of that one But right. there's uh, Like the intro of, of Batman As a character Back in like the 1937 There's a Moment where Bruce Wayne's Sitting in his um, In his home Or his manor His yeah. manor <laughs> And uh, And a bat Flies in And it's you know Flying around the room And he's like Oh fuck I'll be Batman Boom And that's how He sort of has The realization right. And weirdly yeah. enough When I was like 20 I had a bat Fly into my room Wow. and i had this like i lived at my parents place and i had this like we called it the hobbit hole it was not really a guest house more of a room that was separate with no water or anything but so i had the bat flying around my room and uh i and it's actually really interesting watching a bat try and leave a room because they uh, they're trying to locate their way out so he just did circles for about seven minutes and then wow. finally got out of this this there was like a stained glass window that had broken and he finally figured it out and got out. And so I was like, come on, really? <laughs> this is clearly it. And so it's meant to be. And so I'm, you know, I'll say publicly that I've given up that dream because then if I do it, you know, it'll be like, well, it couldn't be him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm getting three calls from the same number in a row. I hate to do this, but this is <laughs> no I think problem. this is the car fixing. Let me. Okay. This will be a good. This will be interesting this will be a podcast. This never happens. <laughs> See the rail on the car fixer. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm coming up. My my buddy's coming up right now. I'm on a, a phone call, so he's he's bringing the key up. It's on the second floor. It's a green jag. Yeah, the it, it's pound for the gate code now. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, just do that and it's on the second floor. All right. Anybody want,
1: does anybody want a green jag?
0: Yeah. So if, if anybody on this call now comes to Austin, Texas, you now know the gate code to get into my apartment complex. <laughs> it might take you a few weeks to locate
1: the building, but then you're good to go.
0: Yeah. It's. I'm sure it's somewhere on the internet. I've accidentally put my address out or something. I would make all sorts of mistakes. Well, we
1: might leave a couple of those digits in just to get just to keep it exciting.
0: Yeah. There you go. They can put it together.
1: After all, Batman, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Try and steal my car.
1: So maybe, you know, you have, uh, obviously, anyone listening to this, uh, you have an accent, and yet, uh, off the air, you told me you, you attended the
0: Santa Cruz procedure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm half English and half American, which means everyone ah. thinks I'm Australian. Um, <laughs> and so... How did that Yeah, I grew up partially in California and okay. in England. So my mom is from Ventura, California, mm. and my dad's from Liverpool. And so over time it's just morphed into a basically an australian accent my business partner is australian as well so i was with him in new orleans and after like a couple hours with him i'm just like mate right. i'm full on can't help myself. <laughs> i'm sure if you listen to the podcast with john you like guys towards the end i'm Australia. probably like <laughs> yeah. by the end i sound the same
1: <laughs> so what were you doing before like uh, you went to you said to uh university in santa cruz and then what what led you to where you're at now? Like, how did how did this journey well, so,
0: start? Yeah, when I was a sophomore, I transferred there from SMU in Texas, and then moved to Santa Cruz. And I was living in a mobile home. Um, is the story so I lived in a mobile home next to a 400 pound woman named Ape, <laughs> who who had a mullet and like <laughs> seven teeth, and she she got around in a wheelchair not because she couldn't walk, but just because she preferred not to. And <laughs> And so it was, as I was living there, I, I was basically doing like in between my transfer, I was taking like two classes at a community college because I'd applied so late that I wasn't starting till the next uh, trimester. And I was like, okay, I'll get some classes. And so it was like two hours a week though. So the rest of the time I was literally just sitting at home. I was playing tennis uh, a bit. I, was, I played on the team there and, and so I had that. But other than that, I was just in my apartment. In my mobile home, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> on the internet, and I clicked on ads and different shit. And I bought some, you know, how to make money in your underwear. I got into herbal life. Mm. Uh, I and then I actually made money sports betting, oh, sports wow. investing, as I called it. Um, <laughs> and I did well doing that. And then I, but I kept basically buying ClickBank products. So, when so I out, the first time I went on ClickBank, I thought that the 50%. Where it's a commission was the conversion. So I was like, okay, half of every like half the people who see this page will buy it, right. and if that was the case, we'd all be billionaires. Um, but so it, you know, it wasn't the conversion rate. Uh, but I kept on buying ClickBank products on how to make money online, basically not making any money online, didn't do anything. There were a lot of them were pretty shitty products as well. They're like the garbage loophole like yeah. bullshit. Um, right. But so did that, and then I, uh, junior year, I had gotten some. Coaching with a guy, actually, who now ironically lives in Austin, and it's kind of funny because I was complete nobody and hadn't made a dime. Uh, but at that, and he told me to get order respond to Madness. I did, and then I started writing, and I decided to. So my junior year, I wrote a book on how to pick up women um, wow. called Sexual Inception, which is potentially still out there somewhere. <laughs> um, it's actually a very good book. Yeah. It took me like three days. I just sat down and wrote it, and then uh, and so I. And then I, I did a little bit of email copy for other people, like to, like two clients. I was in Brazil for a month over the summer and I, think I made like $1,100. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But I also, I think it came out to like $5 an email, which now it's like 1500 an email. So it's right. like a, a little bit of a, a difference in the time commitment it took. Sure, But it was an exciting so sort of prospect and so from there I tried to you know do what everybody else did which is build a website and create a product and run traffic and write copy and do all this shit and I was like no nah. so I wrote a pre-sale for uh, the Dow badass and we bought some bing ads and that was how I actually made my first like dollar online my senior year I remember i it's like $113 sale. And I just went running through my apartment spanking my ass. Like I was riding a horse, just so excited. And then I remember like taking a final and I came out of my final and there was $113 and 68 cents again in the account. I'm like, this is amazing. I just got paid to take a test. Um, and then I, after college sort of majored in Netflix and procrastination <laughs>
1: Uh, I went to probably, that university
0: too. Yeah, like six, seven months of that. I was I, wor- I worked uh selling direct T V at like a Best Buy for a little while and I actually did quite well. I got to be top salesman after a few weeks, but I was like working sixty hours a week and Saturday, Sundays were ten hours and I was like, This sucks. So I was coaching tennis and I was making seventy an hour coaching tennis. So I'm like, Well, that makes more sense. So I just coach tennis like 10 hours a week and then finally made a commitment to get good at one thing instead of doing what everybody else was doing, which was trying to build the site and do the go and all this shit. I was like, I'm just going to get good at copy. Cause I think I'm decent at it. Right. You know, let's just do that. Did that. And, uh, I would hand copy. I did copy our Derek Johansson's product is now a business partner of mine. And we, uh, I would, my only barometer for success for the day was, you know, did I hand copy today? So I'd do a hand in you know, an hour of hand copying and, uh, and then I got a job contracting job, but pretty much close to full time teaching or writing copy for, a you know, in the personal finance space, learned a shit ton. We had like a 1.2 million person list. Wow. Um, and so I just dissected the shit out of every email and, and, you know, split tested, you know, four to eight variations on every single email and just got crazy data. Uh, and then from there I turned that into sort of a system and then, I actually originally was creating this, like teaching it so that whoever took over from me could write emails still.
1: Okay. So you were leaving a legacy behind.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that they weren't screwed over uh, and then turn that into a product that I sell on occasion. Um,
1: (laughs) This is the 80, 20 email copy?
0: Yeah. I open it up every once in a while. I could do a ton more with it, but my focus is, I I just never wanted to only make money teaching people how to make money. Right. Um, You know, the coach, the coaches, the coach, coaches, I'm coaching, other coaches about coaching and all that bullshit. So I waited until I'd actually made money writing before cause I could have created a product far before then, but it would have been a lie, which is what most people do. Gotcha. Um, so did that. And then, uh, and then I worked with a company called crisis education, wrote all the copy there. And then we had a few, we had a supplement company and a water company. Um, and then I left there about a year ago and then I started my own water company about seven months ago. So I still do some copy and some consulting on the side because right. it pays I sort of have a, an equation that I've used, not really on purpose before. Now I'm pretty aware of it, but it's basically leveraging high dollar per hour tasks to build assets that aren't paying high dollars per hour now. So like when I was coaching tennis, I was getting 70 to a hundred an hour, a lot of it cash. And I was writing copy for $20 an hour. Um, and i was you know writing for, i was doing that work for about 30 hours a week and then coaching 10 to 15 hours a week so that allowed me to make money and fund yeah, sort of and, and well basically actually all i did was just save the 20 an hour stuff i just saved everything and then uh, only spent cash right. and so saved up and then from there i and then so now sort of going back to that, I, I did quite well you know i did over I was paid quite well as a copywriter at the next job because I had a big bonus, but I mean, quite well relative, you know, it's a relative term, but in the six figures. And then uh, from there, now basically we'll leverage the, so sort of call it's like, you know, now there are tasks that are 2000 to 5,000 an hour. And so you'd go, why don't you just do more of those? And it's like, well, I could, there's no asset being built. Whereas with, with the water company it's an asset. And so I, don't pull cash out of that and I just use the other money to fund the business and uh, and grow that as an asset. So, and it's a lot more cash than when you're building a physical products business. There's a lot of inventory and a lot of cash flow that gets tied up, especially in the beginning. So, it's definitely a long game. But email email is still the backbone and, and VSLs. Right. So, the backbone of what I really do. Um, and then sort of the viral video type stuff as well is so something maybe, I've maybe stepped into. Us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now maybe walk us like when you got that first job with the financial, uh, writing emails for the financial, is that a personal connection? Somebody hooked you up with, did, did they come to you? Uh, was that through copy hour? How did you get that first client?
0: So I'd applied for a job actually okay. uh, uh, through Andre's, Andre Shepard's list. He was okay. a job to work with. It would have actually been Steve Gray. So I was working with a recruiter and I got down to like the last two people and it was going to be like a six figure job. And I was like, why are they still talking to me? I've obviously (laughs) done a good job of pretending to be smart. And they ended up hiring a guy who was like 40 and lived an hour away from them and had 10 years experience. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Um, But during that time, she connected me with uh, a guy who actually, it's Mike Colella, who has, um, he's one of the best media buyers around. Um, And he was going to hire a person to do like HTML and some coding and also copy and all these different things. And I was like, yeah, all right, copy. Um, and he was like, okay, well, I'll hire you and somebody else. So he hired two people and we basically, we we grew that business. Um, so it's just through, I mean, my thing is always just taking every opportunity possible, always saying yes until you get successful. And then it's all about saying no which is really, really counterintuitive because you're like, okay, I got here by saying yes all the time. Now I keep saying yes and I want to murder myself. Um, (laughs) So how do I say no? And you're like, well, you start with the letter N and you end it with O. uh, And you stop fucking worrying about missing out on stuff. So all of it is just take an opportunity.
1: Absolutely, that's a hard habit to break. Once you work your way up, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It, so it would
0: be see. like playing a sport, and you know, you get to the top by practicing serves for thirty minutes a day, mm-hmm. and then, but once you get to the top, they're like, "Oh no, that's actually going to hurt you now." Right. And you're like, "What? That doesn't make sense. This is how I got here." <laughs> like, no, no, no. You're going to lose if you do that. You'd be like, "That doesn't make sense." But in this world, it, that is what happens. It's basically your path ends up becoming its own obstruction.
1: So was the uh autoresponder madness? Was that was that your only aside from the hand you know, hand copying and so some of the things you mentioned, was that the only course you'd taken aside from copy hours? that the only resource that you guys uh to?
0: yeah I think so. I I sort of ended up like my thing with autoresponder madness and I've you know I know Andre I, I did uh Ben Settle stuff as well. Um and like they're both brilliant copywriters and they're great. Sure. Um, my only thing is just like once you get out of the internet marketing space, mm. it's a completely different world. Yeah. And so it's nothing against them. It's more just like when you get into a list of a million people, you don't, you can't also just say, well, don't worry about spam complaints. Don't worry about this. Well, that means you don't get deliverability on a million people. Right. You can't not worry, you know, and you can't just also be so a lot of these people don't know how the internet works. And so like, I would say like with the email copy stuff that I write to my own email list, like, like, Throughout the for my course, I get eighty to ninety percent opens and fifty to sixty percent click throughs through the entirety of the first month, um, and those are buyers and those. But the whole thing is like the people who are learning about email, who want to write email, who will read your email only if it's to see what you're doing with email. And so it's like to pretend like that's normal is bollocks. It's bullshit, yeah. Yeah, and so it was a much different game. So I took a lot of Andre has some great stuff. I think it's very complex for newer people and it's very sexy though it's the sexiest shit out there right um it's uh but it's a lot harder to implement you know taking an hour or two to write an email is just not my thing i wrote i write most of my emails in five to 15 minutes and right. so it's just like that's too long so what i did is i took the, those concepts of open loops and nested loops and stuff and and i what i do is i'll write the stuff and then i'll go back and put those in so it takes about 10 percent of the time mm as you know, writing these intricate stories and all this. And then the other thing is, is like when you're buying traffic at scale, Mm -hmm. you can't, you know, you're not waiting 14 days to make a, to get your purchase. Like you need day zero value. You need day seven value. Um, and you can't sort of avoid that. Right. You need
1: shit selling today.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, you may base it off. You may take a 14 day loss, but you can't wait till day 14. And that's not what necessarily he does, but, um, it's really good stuff. I just think you also have to become quite a good writer. Um, if you do it well, it can be done very well, but it takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, and then Ben's stuff, I think there's some really great stuff just in daily emails. And I think the worst thing about Ben's stuff though is that, because I've fallen in this trap so sometimes, it's like you either send daily or you don't send at all. Right. You're much better off sending two or three times a week consistently right. than sending seven in a row, then zero, then wait two weeks, then send seven, and then... Right. Cause you get this idea of well, if it's not daily, it's not worth it. It is. Right. Um, so that's the only thing where I think mindset wise people get stuck. Yeah, like if I'm not writing daily, it doesn't matter. It's enough. like, no, you still make money. Um, <laughs> so I do send mostly daily with the water list and then, uh, with other lists, you know, we've, we've sent up to twice a day. Right. Um, and typically the more you send, the more you make. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've had I've had clients and uh, I've I talked clients into sending three times a day was probably the most I could get them to do. You know,
0: I, yeah, it really depends. I mean, also it's like people track email in a vacuum. You know, it's based yeah. on individual stats, and it's like, well, you really kind of have to look at the whole picture because which is tough, and there's never really going to be a solution for that because you never know that maybe right. email four set the frame to uh, um, yeah,
1: for the for the you know for email later.
0: six or seven and, and that. Um, so oh, awesome. I just found out my car is not going to be fixed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's there for the taking anyone who got those numbers earlier. <laughs> so that's basically what, what you were doing. You, you, you got the luxury. I would say this is like how I would put it maybe because I learned how to do email originally from Matt Fury.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, actually. So mentioned. I have gotten some of Matt's stuff since then I was with, I met Matt a couple months ago Nice, um, out in Florida. I think Great. he's, I mean, that that was sort of, you know, Ben kind of took a lot of his stuff and, made it available which is which is good because i mean it wasn't available so but yeah. matt matt really writes in a unique way that like really pulls you through i've i really when when he sends an email still i open it yeah, and, I, do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoy his writing
1: yeah he's just a, he's just like nice cra- he's done it the right way He sort of like crafted this i mean it's who he is so that's and, you know who he's become i guess in a, in a way but he's just he's an intriguing person overall so it makes it translates well to the to his emails the way he writes though so I think yeah that's absolutely a, a big bonus now when it came to uh about uh, you being lucky to work for such a big company because you got the opportunity to sort
0: of look at you know most people perhaps- it wasn't even big it was only really three people but we had this okay. massive list yeah I and so a massive
1: list right
0: yeah and so but what i did is yeah i mean i could have just sent emails and done whatever but i had this spreadsheet i'd put together and and i'm like meet me in person or hang out with me i'm like the least spreadsheet person you'd ever meet right, right. <laughs> but i i, oddly, an opportunity though. Yeah. I oddly well I, I got my emphasis in accounting in mm. college and so even though i'm like the last person who could ever be an accountant <laughs> i'm oddly good with numbers right like on so i used to for sports betting i had these intricate spreadsheets that i would use that i made and then with email, I did the same thing. So I would dissect the top and bottom subject lines. And then, and so we would test anything from four to eight subject lines to two separate body copy to link text to. So I got to test all of these different right. factors because we had so much data. And so every test was at least 20,000 people. So it's statistically significant. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the biggest things I learned there too is how much of the data people publish online is fucking bullshit because it's right. like. They don't yeah, have a big sales out of a hundred. I have a 7% conversion rate and it was my internal list and we're crushing it. And it's like, <laughs> fuck you. Just don't even talk to me. And I've seen big companies do it. Like, and they just publish something with like 400 visits. I'm like, you don't get to do that. <laughs> and that significant, yeah. no. And so, but it was really cool. Cause I would, so I would do every test at least three times. And then that became a principle. Awesome. And then I would, so I created like, I like 70 different subject line, just formulas that I could just plug in at any time. Right. Um, and they just give you ideas to write. And then I had like eight to 10 different types of emails and like two of them always made more money than the rest. And so I just dissected this deconstruction as sort of my skill in learning. So I would just deconstruct and then create principles and strategies that would then dec- dictate the tactics and techniques. And that was, you know, so I just got I nerded out on on actually analyzing what right. worked and what didn't. And A lot, uh, a lot of people wouldn't uh, have done that.
1: Difference. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't have done taking that. Taking that, like I was going to say, that's why I feel no. like lucky because well, there was an opportunity to do that, and you took it.
0: Absolutely, and every list is so different. Like, we I manage a few different lists, and like there's one of uh, there's a bunch of app downloaders, and it's a decent. It's like a hundred, you know, seven thousand, and it they respond well to like CPL offers. Like, if we have them opt in for something else, we will make money. But I'll send them to one of my offers. And it's a lot of people who are supposed to be interested in health, and they just anything over sixty, you know, sixty bucks, they don't seem to buy. And mm-hmm. it's like sometimes a list just doesn't buy it. things at a certain price, and sometimes they're not interested in that. And so it's like you got to figure out it's a no matter how good your copy is if they're not buyers of those things. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So I, that was one of the big things I learned there too. Was like I I would uh, you know write a, it could be the best email possible, mm-hmm. um, and it would be about tax. Right. And taxes just never were that interesting. People just, you know, didn't care. Whereas I could write an average email about credit cards, right. and get much better results so it's like the actual type of stuff you're sending is a huge part of that doesn't matter how good your copy is if you're talking to skiers about snowboarding
1: yeah it's it's one of those things where you got the opportunity to sort of find those hot buttons through trial and error Mm -hmm. you know by you said like people were really receptive to credit card stuff like they wanted that's a big obviously a big issue in their life like most people so that was a hot button. And they would be like, oh, I want to hear what this has to say. Man, it's been great. If people want to get in touch with you, uh, you can go to your fixed water site. Obviously, how it's going to get in touch
0: with you? Um, you can follow my stuff on Facebook. Is where I post all my comedic videos and stuff. Right. Uh, either just Ian Stanley or I feed the wolf with Ian Stanley is my other page. Okay. Uh, or if you want to just opt in and get reminders, it's uh, standupconversions.com. Okay. Um, so very... Uh, diverted paths, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it depends on what you're looking to learn. Standard conversions, uh, if you opt in there, that's where I'll occasionally release the email copy product. Cool. Um, so yeah. awesome,
1: awesome, man. It's been fun. It's passed by extremely fast, and that's always a good uh, indicator of a uh, good, good conversation going on. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, for everybody else, of course, who's going to listen to this, uh, we'll be back again next week with another edition of the podcast, <clears throat> and hopefully it'll be as entertaining and as Batman-like as Ian Stanley. Hey,
0: everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the order autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter, and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing, and much more.